One of our other questions from our YouTube comment from George McElroy was, uh, what number do you think the Bees will have to give Swayman in order to re-sign him? Because he is a restricted free agent this year. So um, they will be, nego- so, as well as Trent Frederick. Um, so they will be trying to negotiate a contract with Swayman. So guys, I had some of the numbers up and there's a minimum qualifying offer that you do have to give a restricted free agent. So Scott, did you want to kick it off? Uh, I, so I actually don't know. Do you have what Swayman's number is? Um, because what, what I, so evolving hockey projects him at three years, 4.1 million a year. Um, I think it'll probably, probably be less than that. I don't, I don't think Swayman quite has enough leverage to, to get over 4 million. Um, my guess is going to be maybe like more in the 3 million a year neighborhood, but that could depend. I mean, it's goalies are always tough because like sometimes these come in much lower than you anticipate. And sometimes if that goalie can kind of successfully argue that he's already a starter, then maybe that pushes it a little higher. Um, I'm sure the Bruins would like to avoid arbitration and all that. So I think they'll get something done. And my guess is it'll be less than that evolving hockey projection of, of 4.1. I would think maybe like maybe knock a million off that. Yeah. Yeah. So the qualifying, technically the qualifying offer only has to be 105%. What So basically only 5% more of yeah. what his previous contract was. So that's the minimum offer that they have to give Swayman, which obviously isn't a huge number. Yeah, that, that's only like a million. So obviously yeah. it'll be more than that. Way more than that. It should be more than that, yes. And Frederick as well. So Frederick had his career best year. So um, then the way that that works is, and, and when we talked to him, he did say he wants to stay in Boston, which obviously um, he's a restricted free agent. So that would be the easiest way for both teams to go uh, in terms of getting a deal done. But um so yeah Swayman and Frederick are the guys that the Bruins are gonna have to negotiate those contracts with but theoretically shouldn't be a problem do you guys think no it shouldn't be I mean that they're again just to like keep the guys that they have to keep just to fill in a roster like they are gonna have to move some money out at some point so some of the stuff might drag on depending on what trades to get come together or whatever, you know, something that'll probably happen around the draft. Um, but yeah, keeping, keeping Swayman and Frederick should not be an issue. Um, I think Lauko's a restricted free agent too. Again, I think that'd be, he would be pretty cheap money assuming there's mutual interest. Um, I think Mark McLaughlin's in a restricted free agent situation, but again, like that should be pretty easy to get done. Uh, assuming, you know, he wants to stay, which I imagine he does because that's why he signed here. Cause he's a local kid and he grew up loving the Bruins and this is where he wants his place. So they'll, they shouldn't have much of an issue keeping all of their RFAs. Um, but there could be some, there could still be some money moving around just to, just to get that done. Yeah. And, and I actually think so both Swayman and Frederick could be really important for the Bruins in the upcoming year. So getting those contracts, right. Um, is actually pretty important. If you think about it, Frederick can play center. So if you're losing Bergeron and Krejci, you have the option to move Frederick 
to center, just the same way you have the option to move Zaka to center. And I think Frederick has shown improvement. So um, there's somebody that can be flexible on your roster and Swayman can take over a starting goalie job for you, then that's great. And um, yet you've set, you're setting yourself up for success over the next few years if you get those two contracts right. And so I want to get to one last one from that was a comment on our last video. Um, and this is somebody that's commented on quite a few of our, our YouTube videos. Trent Miner said he wants a fourth line of Hathaway, Nosick, and Lucci. And we we hear, you know, talk of bringing Lucci back. Uh, he is a free agent. So uh, just thoughts, guys, on how that how how would they get Lucci back? Would that even would that be a thing they would do? <laughs> I mean, Lucci would probably come back for very cheap money. Like he, he's a free agent. He's what going to be thirty five? I think. You know, he probably doesn't have much time left playing in the NHL, anyways. But if you're the Bruins, like I don't really get why you would do that. Like you you have to start getting some young guys into the lineup at some point. Now you're going to sign you know, mid thirties Milan Lucic to come in like for what I'm sorry. Like I, I loved Lucic when I was in high school and, you know, when I first started covering the team, he was a really good player in his day, but it's, it's not his prime anymore. He's, he's old. He's slow. He doesn't produce a lot offensively anymore. Like the, there's not a lot there. He's not. I dare you to say he's never been a, especially great defensively, and he's still not. So like, he doesn't even really fit that kind of like fourth line mold where it's like, oh well, he can be a, a shutdown physical veteran guy. Like he's not even. It's not even really that anymore. So I, I know fans love him, but I don't really see what purpose he would serve. Like unless he's unless he's just like your thirteenth or fourteenth forward, and he's just there for kind of moral support and be a good locker room guy. But you're not you're not wasting any cap space on a guy who's not going to play for you. So um, to me, that would just block younger guys who should be, who should be getting a chance now. I think the comment comes from something that Mark said though, about what he thinks the Bruins should add. And he said he needs someone on the team that nobody would want to go into the corner with, and nobody would want to have to deal with. Uh, and Lucic obviously is one of those kind of guys. Yeah. I mean, I don't really see that being an October thing though. Like I, I feel like, I think Lucic was was hoping that maybe he went to Boston this past trade deadline because he still has buddies in the team and they were on a historic run in the regular season. And I think he saw a chance for him to go try to win a Stanley Cup again in a familiar city with some familiar old-school teammates that are still in Boston. I think you take Bergeron off this team, Krejci off this team, even if the Bruins wanted him, I don't think Krejci, I mean, uh, Lucic would really want to pick up his family and move 3000 miles East. I think it's just, um, I, I think maybe it would have, he would have done it for a couple of months this past trade deadline, go for a playoff run, stay with one of his buddies in Boston while the family's home in, in, in BC. And, but I don't, th- but first of all, it's just everything Scott said, it's not in the Bruins interest, best interest to bring him in at all. Like they're trying to shed money and, and go young, especially in the bottom six. Right. And, like no no sick and Hathaway, I'd be I'd be very surprised if either one of those guys were wearing a Bruins jersey next year. So, I don't think that's what the Bruins are trying to do philosophically, and I, I don't think Lucic has any interest in coming to a Boston team with potentially no Bergeron and no Krejci and a half-assed chance of making the playoffs. So, love Lucic, great guy, awesome Bruin, but it just doesn't make sense. I don't think for either party this off season. 
I mean, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys also weren't for bringing back Felino, right? For not necessarily the same reasons, but similar reasons. I mean, I, I would have been okay. Like, I was fine if, if someone claimed Felino last year when they waived him, but um, what I I didn't like the idea of like trading Felino and tacking on picks just to move his money. Like, if someone wanted to claim him, fine, but otherwise. Like you might as well have tried to see what he could give you last year. And obviously he ended up having a pretty good season. Um, I don't even think those situations are similar though. Like I don't, I think Felino is still a better player than Lucic. Like I think Lucic is, they've both fallen off in their thirties. They both had very physical taxing careers, but I think Lucic has fallen off even more than Felino ever really did. What I'm saying is Felino is a free agent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, oh, you if, mean this year? Oh, I thought you meant last year. Mm-hmm. My bad. It kind of depends for me. Like, I, if Bergeron and Krejci come back, or let's just say Bergeron comes back, and the Bruins are really fighting to to keep him and and financially and still keep a competitive team, because if Bergeron comes back, it's it's not you're not running back the same group, but your your, your expectations are still going to be playoffs at, at the bare minimum, right? And I don't know in that situation that you necessarily will have room for Felino unless he just takes a like a league minimum however if Bergeron and Krejci both retire in that situation I still could see us I, I could still see value in having at least one veteran guy on the on, on the roster who's been a captain in this league to still be that that presence for a very young team a much younger team so I think if Bergeron and Krejci decide to to, to hang them up I think the value for veteran leadership at least one guy outside of Marshan is I think that value goes up but if ironically if they bring back some of those guys it might be tougher for them to keep them so you know I like Felino a lot I don't think he's going to break the bank to to re-sign in Boston either way I just need to see what I need to see what what this Bruins team is looking like as we get towards September and training camp I need to see what the, what they, they think that this season could potentially be so I'm not I'm not saying yes or no necessarily it just depends for me on the situation but i definitely like his leadership in the locker room uh, either way you know yeah he's a good good guy good player well i would say like like definitely would not go over a million for either felino or lucic but if i have the option between maybe one of them for less than a million like for a league minimum type thing i would rather have felino one he's he's already here right now so he's been with this group you know, Lucic has only been with, you know, for guys that are left from when he was here, Marshan, Bergeron, Krejci. Um, and yeah, Felino does, does have leadership, and he had a he had a good season last year. So, um, yeah, so I would be I would be okay with that. But if it's going to be for anything more than like league minimum or nine hundred thousand, then I just I just I think the Bruins have to go really cheap, like at the bottom of the roster. That's just the reality of their situation. Scott, how did how dare you? How dare you? How dare you forget about the combination of Ryan Spooner, Milan Lucic, and David Pasternak? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're how right. How long has Pasternak Ryan Spooner too. been out of the league? God, that oh, guy. I I remember him. Oh God. Um. Yeah, Scott. How dare you? Yeah, Ryan Spooner got, got traded to the Rangers, I think, right? And just turned into the best player in the world for about two weeks and never, never heard of him again. Yeah, right. 
It was like the same thing when uh, they when they traded Ryan Donato. Like he was hot right away with Minnesota, and then you know settled into reality. Yeah, uh, sw- swivel hip Spooner. Always <laughs> had, that, had that speed move down the wing where he open his hips hips up. Yeah, he yeah. actually he actually was playing some of his best hockey as a Bruin when they when they traded him, and then he, and then he had a good finish of the season with with the Rangers that year too. I think that was seventeen eighteen, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he wasn't able to stick around the league, then uh, yeah, it must have been a, must have been an anomaly. So, yeah. Uh, any other of these mailbag questions you guys want us to rifle through, or I think we're good. I think we can keep some for the future. Um, we've already gone an hour, so good, perfect. The, the only thing I was gonna say, and we're probably running out of time. I wasn't gonna like go back and forth with Mark because that that episode was also running long, but. I disagree on on the idea that like you need an enforcer type or someone people are going to be scared of. Like, I think- I, just, I, I kind of think kind of think that era is gone. And like I look around at the teams that are still playing now, and I'm like, they don't have that guy, and it it hasn't hurt them. So, you know, it, like if you can find one who can also play and be a meaningful contributor, awesome. It's it's an added bonus, but I don't think it's something that you need to go out of your way to try to address. Yeah, no. I- I mean, if you think about the way the team was built last year, Greer, I would say you wouldn't, he would step up for you, Frederick, Felino. There were plenty of guys, I think, that were guys that would step up and stand up for players if somebody got hurt. So uh, I also thought that that was kind of not really the first uh, thing I would be worried about in terms of what the Bruins need to add this offseason. I would I would agree with you guys, but I will ask you this though. Let's say hypothetically that because I I don't think this Bruins team necessarily lacked team toughness. I, I don't think they were the toughest team, but I don't think they lacked toughness, and I don't I don't think they lacked pushback and willingness to stand up for one another. But I'm just going to ask this question. So this past year, they they lost to Florida in seven games, and I think. I think – what was that, Scott? Oh, sorry, never mind. Um, I thought that uh, – <laughs> I thought well, that um, – I was wondering, like, if he's barking at what's in the background because I think someone drove by – is driving by, like, with their bass blasting, so. Yeah, that was Melvin, guys. I don't know if you can on YouTube see him. He's kind of in the shadow back there. He was – sometimes he just wakes up from a dream and he's angry. I don't know. <laughs> he was barking at something in his dream. Who knows? Um, One hour was long enough for him to stay silent. He's He is ready to talk. He did, he did a good job. Uh, I'll just cut to the chase that, uh, before Melvin barks again. Um, Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett in particular, I thought were very effective in getting under the skin of the Bruins. Radko Gudis was another one. If if Ryan Reeves is on the Bruins in that playoff series, do you think that those players don't care and they're still going to do what they're going to do? Like, do you think they do you think they're running around as as conscious free if 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 a guy like Reeves is there to just or do you think do you think guys like Bennett and Kachuk and Gudos are such gamers they don't care like they'll get their heads taken off if the, if if it means doing what they have to do anyway? Yeah, I don't think they care. I mean, get like. I, I really don't think that, like, the old school enforcer really 
I don't think they ever really deterred guys from doing stuff. Like the game was dirtier when there were more enforcers playing. Um, there were more cheap shots 20, 25 years ago. Um, so I don't really think it matters. Like I think back to, you know, the, when Bruins had Zidane Chara and Sean Thornton, like you, you couldn't be, have like more, two more intimidating guys. Like those guys, you know, Thornton obviously fought a lot. Chara didn't fight a ton, but you knew he could kill someone when he did. Um, and yet like you still had dipshits like Matt Cook running around taking cheap shots. So like certain guys just aren't going to care no matter who's, who's on the other team. Like in, in a way I think, and not, and I'm not putting Kachuk, Bennett, Gudis in that category. Like the, they're not Matt Cook, but I, I just, I, I don't think it's really all that much of a deterrent. Like, honestly, I think if, if you had Ryan Reeves, Matthew Kachuk would be like, go ahead, put Ryan Reeves on the ice at the same time as me. I'm going to have a blast with this. Like help skate circles around that guy. Here we go. You know? So um, yeah. yeah, I don't really think it matters all that much. Yeah. That, that series against the Canucks back in 2011, it, in retrospect and in the moment, it was the the perception was that the Bruins just you know kicked the crap out of Vancouver all series and they did, but that didn't stop you know, what was his name Yannick Hansen and Laperriere and Max Laperriere or, or uh, Burrows like those guys Aaron were, Rome stepping into Horton yeah I mean those guys were cup checking McQuaid and you know obviously being you know uh, yeah Hansen like legit just blindsided Andrew Ferrens from like like with like five minutes left in game seven, like the puck wasn't even near him, like literally would have been like a five game suspension probably today. So yeah. And those guys had, yeah, that team had Lucic and Thornton and Chara and McQuaid. And yeah. So yeah, I guess, um, but I just wanted to ask that question. Cause I feel like maybe that's like the underlying tone of, 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 of Mark's stance there. Just nobody will push. will even think about pushing around and maybe you can take teams off of their game, but yeah, anyway, different game nowadays, I suppose. So. He just wants um, more fights, and we all we all kind of do just want more fights. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm always down to watch another fight. Yeah, and like I do understand his point of like having someone who can actually like fight and do damage, which like I, I think Char could for years. Whereas you know, Bridget, you listed off like the guys who are willing to fight on this team, and absolutely they have some of those guys, but they're all kind of like wild swingers, where it's like they're gonna they're going to cock back and like just throw like crazy, but they yeah. probably land like one out of every 12 punches. So, um, you know, like how yeah, much they're, damage they're not they... Sean Thornton who in the off season just boxed every day. <laughs> like, I mean, let go boxes. Let go did boxing, but I mean, AJ Greer and Trent Frederick, every time they get in a fight, I honest to God, no matter who they fight, whether it's a lightweight, middleweight borderline, like, I always think that they're going to get knocked out cold because they don't, they don't protect their, like they just watch Frederick's fights, watch Greer's fights. They, there's no defense. They just, they, and they don't even like, they don't like do like straight jabs. Like, like they, they do these like big circle. Like it's like, guys, you're totally, your, your, your chest and your, and your face and your, your head's totally exposed to somebody who knows what they're doing. It hasn't happened to them yet. I mean, Wayne Simmons caught Greer a couple of times, but Frederick, he's, he's a wild one. He's a wild one, but I think he's so he's kind of so broad, and he he kind of just like grabs the other guy's jersey with his left hand, and he's he's I think that's why he kind of doesn't get hit that often. But yeah, not a lot of defense with these guys. But yeah, the um, halftime pizza ten years from now, 
there's going to be no more hockey fight highlights to show. They're just going to be showing uh, goalie hugs, probably. <laughs> That's another question for next week, actually. <laughs> we have a goalie hug question, so. Yeah, three quick no's on that one. Um, Bridget, Scott, you guys have anything else before we wrap this up? No, nope, all good for me. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you very soon.